All right, guys, welcome to the Mindset Effect podcast. Today, we have a very special guest. He is the founder and CEO of the luxury concierge service, Bluefish, and also the author of the book, Bluefishing, in which he talks about the art of making things happen. This man is quite literally the definition of rags to riches, starting his career as a bricklayer in London to now working to make his client's dream come true, all the way from arranging a wedding in the Vatican's, walking down the New York Fashion Week runway, to meeting business magnates like Elon Musk and Donald Trump. He's been featured in almost every major media outlet, Forbes, the Harvard Press, the New York Times, Mercedes-Benz, you name it. He is the magician of opportunities, the real-life wizard of Oz for those with a checkbook. He is Steve Sims. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, boys. How are you doing today, Steve? I'm doing all right, thank you. I'm doing good. We're going to go with our first question. So how did the uh, lack of wealth that you had initially fuel you? It helped. Um, Mm -hmm. The downside is when you meet a lot of people that have a little bit of money, they're usually scared to lose it. But when you've got nothing, your beauty is you've got absolutely nothing to lose. Um, Yeah, I like that. I believe my, um, in fact, it's it's, it's hard to say, but as I grew up uh, in a construction family, uh, I remember my dad came home one day, walked through the door and he'd bought a new car. And I was thinking, my God, because we were driving around in the construction vans. And I was thinking, we got a new car, you know, <laughs> new as in just came out of the showroom. And when I stepped outside, it was like 12 to 15 years old. Um, and I was like, how was that a new car? And they were like, it's a new car to us. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember growing up thinking, I am so poor. I've got no money. And it wasn't until I got older that I realized that I've never been scared to get up at five o'clock in the morning and make a phone call or do work or do this or prepare that because I've been built up on this ethos of hard work. Um, it doesn't scare me now. I realized just how wealthy I actually was as a youngster, um, to get all those life lessons. Had I had money, there's no way in the world I'd be the man I am today. So it was the fact that everything I earned, everything I tasted was fresh. Everything I discovered was new that uh, has become my secret, um, my secret and superpower. So if anyone's out there that hasn't got a lot of money and they think it's holding them back, you may actually discover it's the best thing that could have happened to you. Mm -hmm. I honestly feel that. I'm kind of in the situation where I come from a family that's relatively well off. And so I've always had that fear of like losing, uh, kind of losing what I could potentially have. And I think that definitely holds me back. So I think becoming an underdog is definitely something that's more of a positive than a negative what really motivates you would you say life um i like to experience things um we all move we all move based on fear or opportunity um if you and i've done this uh, i walked on stage once and i said run out the back door now there are my team out there holding suitcases with a million dollars in each suitcase and no one runs out the back, okay? But if you walked on stage and you went, fire, everyone runs out the state uh, and mm-hmm. runs out of the room. We are propelled by fear or opportunity. It's your mindset that dictates what? Now, people won't run towards something that could make them richer, but they'll run away from something that hurts them. 
me, I changed my, per uh, my perception. What hurts me is standing still. Because anything that stands yeah. still becomes stagnant, rots, and dies. Mm. So my fear is to never be the same person today that I was last week. So I will try different music stations. I will literally just try a music station from a different place in the world just to try and educate myself on whether or not I like um, Hindu rap. You know, <laughs> just, you never know. But I will, I will try just, just tiny little things. You don't have to try things that create a liability. Here's a little test for you. When you go to a restaurant, nine times out of 10, you'll pick an appetizer that you've had before that you know you like. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> it's an appetizer. It costs maybe $9 at most for an appetizer. Try something you never would have tried again in, in your life. Try something you can't even freaking pronounce, okay? <laughs> and that will stretch you. You find mm -hmm. yourself, if you can do those little things, tuning into weird radio stations, listening to a weird podcast, watching a subtitle movie that you never would have touched, ordering an appetite, you find that if you can change those little perspectives in your head, then the business ones become easier for you. And you end up walking into a room with a different perspective, a different idea, a different goal to seize the opportunities. Why? Because you're not scared of change. And that's yeah. what a lot of people are scared of today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's I like agree. those small actions over time that add up. Um, absolutely, absolutely. I, I, you know, I've got, I got kids, I've got young kids, and I'll give them books. Now, at the moment, the youngest one, He's just starting to appreciate it, but he would like kick back loads of times going, oh, I don't want to read this. <laughs> I don't care. Read it and I'll take you for ice cream or something. But mm -hmm. when you read it, I then want you to give me a report on what you got out of it or what you hated. And the funny thing is, if someone is focused on hating something, then they're going to hate it regardless. But you find out the things that he said he hated, he now loves about that book, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's a funny, and he'll sit there and he'll go, I remember I read that book and I'll be thinking you hated it then, but now you don't. So just try making little changes to your life and it opens you up. And I never, I always want to grow. You know, I'm 53 years old now. I live very well, but I want to try something different. I want to experience something different because it's the experiences that really define you. And I've always had this goal in my life, a single focus perpetuating goal that one day like all of us i'm gonna die and when i die and my life flashes before my eyes i want it to be so exciting so jam-packed and thrilling that is actually a halfway stop in the middle for popcorn break that's <laughs> what i want yeah love that love that yeah i love that like your life is basically like a like a movie create for yourself you are actually making your own movie and you've got to ask yourself, would you go and watch it? Mm -hmm. Exactly. How exactly. fine would you say the line is between habits and trying something new? So, like, for example, I... My been... habit is to try something new. Oh, yeah? I love it. Actually, well, that's you see, I just right? told yeah. you, yeah. Okay. The, the trouble with habits is like your lucky socks. People, people use them as a crutch rather than as a guide. Mm -hmm. So you'll go, oh, I always do this. I, you know, I never try... You know, your habits can be very demeaning to you and like let's let's be let's be blunt if um if you stuck with your habits then we'd all still be using myspace 
-hmm. you know it's, it's the fact that we're constantly trying new things we're now trying tiktok you know everyone's yeah, jumping TikTok. on board tiktok have yeah, you jumped on board i'm on tiktok yeah <laughs> why That's because amazing. it's something new there you won't see any pictures of me dancing on there yeah. but uh yeah you don't want to see that shit but <laughs> I'm constantly trying new things. I'll constantly try new social platforms. I'll constantly try a new way of advertising. I'll constantly try uh, a new way of revealing my message to people. So, but if we don't constantly try and adapt and change, just by not changing, you commence dying. Yeah. So, you know, my habit is to constantly try something. You, you'll notice what you're most apprehensive about doing is usually the thing you need to do most. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. You got to face your fears and stuff. Exactly. I really like what you said about habits. Um, like, have you ever read Atomic Habits before? No. It's a pretty good book. It, like he talks about how habits are pretty much use habits to help guide you to become the person that you want to become. That's yeah. ultimately what they're for. Like you don't go to the gym to, you know, like you go to the gym to become the type of person that, works out and is healthy. Yeah, there's a, a, good, a good guy that uh, I love and admire and respect called Joe Polish. And um, Joe Polish said, the definition of hell is to meet the man you could have been. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that, that actually, I, I remember when he said it, it scared me and made me smile because I've always tried to be better than I was last week. And mm -hmm. even through failing, this is where a lot of people get scared. Your greatest growth doesn't come from success. Your greatest growth comes from that failure. And that's where all your education is to become better. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you've probably failed a lot. So do you have like I'm any notable failure? I'm a serial failure. <laughs> I, I'm a complete and utter fuck up. Um, <laughs> and the funny thing is, most of the people I know are serial failures. Elon Musk is a serial failure. Richard Branson, serial failure. You know, we all fail, and it's from those failures where we get our greatest growth. Look mm -hmm. at Colonel Sanders, 99 times, got told to piss off on the 100th time. He now has got a, a, a chicken chain all over the planet. We fail, and that's where we learn to tweak, edit, and change. I was watching um, one of your podcasts earlier, and you talked about how when you choose to add someone new to your team, you sort of look for good qualities, right? Like what kind of qualities are you looking for? So um, when you're taking on someone new or when you're interviewing someone, um, you never meet them. Um, you never meet someone. I, someone said to me before, you never meet a person until the third time you've met them. Mm -hmm. which I remember thinking mm -hmm. of that at the time and thinking it sounded like a Chinese proverb and it <laughs> made absolutely no sense to me. But when you meet someone for the first time, especially in a job environment, you're trying to be the person that that person wants you to be. That's a horrible equation to try and get right because you have no idea and you're guessing all the way and putting this front and you're not being you. Why don't you be you and let the other person make the decision, okay? Because mm -hmm. you can then sustain that. Um, so whenever I'm interviewing people, it's kind of this thing that you know you've got to go through a few times of just the bullshit. Hi, Mr. Sims, how are you? You're not going to call me Mr. Sims for the rest of your life, you know? Yeah. Um, but you go through that, and then we actually pl we plant mistakes in it. 
we'll have them looking after an account, okay? And the account will be bogus, okay? And then we'll have someone phone up and start screaming that everything's going wrong to then see how they handle it. Again, you don't get the true source of the person when everything's going right. You really get to know what that person's made of when it's going to shit, how they stand up, how they respond. Um, so we will quite often with newbies, bring them in, give them a little bit of a time, let them get their feet comfortable, and then we'll shit them up with something that uh, has <laughs> fake gone wrong. <laughs> Love it. What would you say is the best part of your job? Um, not having one. Uh, I think I think the best thing is uh, there, there's tedious days uh, and there's tedious moments. There always is. No life's, no life's perfect. Um, but uh, you've got to understand that you do the stuff you don't want to do so you can do more of the stuff you do want to do. Mm -hmm. And my focus is on appreciating it. You know, I wake up in the morning, I kick the dogs out in my yard. I look at the beautiful sunshine here in Los Angeles. I count the motorcycles in my garage. You know, I, my life's good. Um, but you've got to do that. You've got to stop a minute and look around and go, yeah, I've got it good. You know, if I lost, if I made $10 million this afternoon, it wouldn't make my coffee any better. You know, it wouldn't mm -hmm. make the sun any brighter. It wouldn't give my kids any more security than what they've got now. So you've really got to work out that it's your life that makes you wealthy, not your bank account. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. Is that how you stay humble? Am I humble? I thought I was freaking awesome. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. It, I don't know if I, I don't know if I would class myself as humble. I'm sure my family wouldn't. Um, I just, I have a, I have a, uh, I suppose, a, a love-hate tolerance with it. Um, I acknowledge what I can do. Um, I'm proud that I can do what I can do. Um, but it's just me. So, it, it, you know, to say, oh, you know, you're, you're this, you just go, yeah, shut up. You know, just I pay agree. the bills. You know, you're fine. You just, it, it's kind of silly. So you are inside, you're happy and proud that you can do these things. But when people start throwing accolades and, and, you know, jumping up and down in awe, you just tell them to sit down and shut up. So, you oh, know, yeah. I'm not quite sure if it's humble rather than just kind of like, it is what it is. I think too many people use the word humble and kind of tear down others to make themselves feel better. I think a lot of the times people get called arrogant just because they're doing more than someone else. And that person needs to make their building taller by tearing the other person's down. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm humble. Um, I'm just me. But I would definitely say that I wasn't arrogant. Um, yeah. So, uh, and I'm not, I have a hatred against bullies. Oh, yeah. um, if I'm walking down the street and I see someone picking on someone else that's got nothing to do with me is on the other side of the street, I'm going to cross the street and get involved because I yeah. just, I hate bullies of any sex, uh, um, um, gender, color. Any, I just hate any form of bullying. And that is also now online. If you stand up, like we, we every now and then, not very often, but I've got a, I've got a new crew that actually have started doing some Facebook ads for like my books and my Sims distillery course and other things like that. And they'll say to me, if someone hates something and writes a hateful message, let it go, Steve. You know, we all get haters. And I'm like, screw that. I'm in, you know, <laughs> so I'll get someone on there going, this is a scam. And I'll be like, all right, shit, why is it a scam? You know, what possible yep. proof or information do you have? And I'll get them going, Steve, don't do it. I don't care. 
You know, yep. if someone's going to throw something down, back it up or piss off. Um, and uh, so I, I like to, I like to get in and just like poke a little bit. Mm-hmm. I, see, I, see. I love that. I kind of do the same a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> honestly. <laughs> Look, what, I'm not there to tolerate ourselves in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you're always going to get haters. The funny thing is, um, we run a consultancy program and two of the people that joined uh, my group actually came from haters. They saw oh, how gosh. I was actually communicating with the haters and they came back and they went, you know, what, I think one of them actually did post, one of my clients did post, well, why do you think you got the answers? And I think I responded with, because I probably failed more times than you. That's a good and answer. <laughs> he became a client. And so, but had that hater not started the shit that he did, that guy may not have got involved in that conversation and would not have been a client for the last 18 months. So I owe, I owe that pilcher to thank you. <laughs> no, that's great. Yeah, it's like how you look at your haters and mm-hmm. your mindsets. That's really important. Well, there were haters that just just like to hate, okay? And then there were haters that are honestly out there begging you to change their opinion. You know, you'll get people go, oh, why do you think this book would help me? Deep inside, they're asking, how do you think that book would help me? They may not have phrased it very well. They may not have positioned it very well. But if you think about it, The whole point of you communicating with anybody else in the planet is to create a reaction and a response, Mm -hmm. okay? That hate has just given you a reaction and a response. Now, there'll be people that troll through the internet just to, as you say, raise their (laughs) self-esteem by shitting on others, Mm -hmm. okay? If you can write something shitty about Gary Vee or Grant Cardone, you, in your numbskull head, suddenly think that makes me better than them, Okay. They don't make, trust me. And they don't give a flying fuck about you either. <laughs> but the other thing is, if, if someone's seriously there and has been watching your, your comments and said, well, why do you think you could do this for me? Or why? It may come across wrong, but it's still a trigger. You've triggered a response. You've triggered a reaction. This is where you go in there and you go, well, actually, Adam, I believe I can do this because of this. I did a video on it. Maybe this will help. If it doesn't help, move along. We'll all be fine. If it does help, great. And then you'll get them come back. Well, I watched the video, but it still didn't answer this question. Fair enough. We're now redefining what the problem is. You know, this video will help. Or would you like to jump on a call? And you're actually answering and you're helping. So uh, don't ignore the haters. If someone says something to you shitty, they may just not be able to communicate it. And also people may be embarrassed. People are embarrassed about failing. People are embarrassed about falling over. People are embarrassed about being poor. Um, well, or stupid. Now let's be completely blunt. I'm constantly stupid. I've been poor many, many times. I fail a lot and I'm constantly falling over. It's like saying that you're embarrassed about going to the toilet. No one's ever shoved a picture of themselves on Instagram, but everyone knows they go for a shit in the day. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that we all do these things, but we're scared to actually show them. Yes. Yeah, so um, you have a lot of connections. Um, so how do you go about acquiring all of them? Is it being authentic? Is it catering towards the needs of other people? How do you do it? So what's authentic? Authentic is um, it's being the best version of yourself. Is it? That, that to me would say polishing. 
I would say it's more of just being you, whether or not that's something that people like or not. It's just doing you. All right. I call that transparency. Transparency. Okay. So the point is, I hate the word authentic. Authentic mm-hmm. is a word that we're using now like it's a freaking uh, a mouse pad or, or coffee mug. Okay. Agreed. Whenever you turn around to someone and go, hey, this guy's so authentic, you're acknowledging the rest of the planet is not. Authenticity is transparency. You want to be able to look at someone and go, I get that guy. I know what he's trying to do. I know what he stands for. I know what he's involved in. And you can even then say, but I'm not going to buy it. Um, And that's fine. Transparency is knowing everything without any hidden agendas or any uh, any hidden things going on. Okay? I believe I'm incredibly transparent. And I will walk up to someone and I go, hey, my name's Steve Sims. I'm going to ask you for something. However, I have noticed you involved in this charity and I have an idea how we can raise more funds for it. Have you considered this? So I will walk up to every conversation that I want, having done my homework and bringing value to the table. Okay? Every time I turn up, I will say, hey, I believe you're doing this. Have you thought about it? And they may turn around and go, yeah, we've thought about that and we're doing that. Great, brilliant. Now let's get to what I wanted. But I will always show that I cared enough about that conversation to do some homework beforehand. And also, I've been very transparent at the beginning by saying, hey, I'm Steve Sims. You probably don't know me. I want something from you. But before I get into that, you're very aware that, you, you're very aware that I'm going to ask you for something. Mm-hmm. That actually lets your guard down. What doesn't let your guard down is when you go, hey, how are you? It's good to meet you. I saw you in that movie. Yeah, yeah. And then the other person's sitting there going, okay, what's he after? Is he a raving fan? Is he a nutter? Is he going to knife <laughs> me? Is he going to ask for a selfie? You know, what is he after? It's that confusion that creates panic. Get the confusion out of the way by saying, hey, I believe you're part of this movie. Yeah, I want to be involved in that movie. But before I get into that, I've got something for you. You know, it mm-hmm. calms them down. So yeah. transparency. Everyone should be focusing on transparency over authenticity. And you, I'm, I'm sorry to say, but you're right. The trouble today is authenticity. People try to be the better part of themselves. Okay? There's nothing perfect about us. We're complete fuck-ups on a daily basis. <laughs> we make mistakes. Authenticity should be revealing truly who you are, not the better part of yourself, truly who you are, warts as well. So do you have any advice on making those relationships and making those connections something that lasts and maybe leads to something beneficial in the future? Beneficial for who? Um, For both sides. Well, there you go. Good. You've just answered it yourself. Whenever (laughs) you walk into any relationship whatsoever, make sure it works for you and for them. Okay. Mm -hmm. Do your homework. Like you guys have got a new podcast going over. I'm on it because I'm hoping to reach people that I never would have spoken to before. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm willing to answer your questions because I want to help you and create impact for you. It's a win-win situation. If you said, Hey Steve, I want to have an hour's conversation with you and I just want to learn all of these things and not share it with anyone. I'll be like, great. Here's the bank account. You can wire 15 grand to. (laughs) So, you know, you want to make sure that every conversation you have with anybody, even if it's a mate in a pub, you create value. You know, I've got friends of mine that are very poor, uh, but we go out and whenever we're out, I'm always the one playing the bar tab, but they keep me grounded and they tell me funny jokes. The value is that involvement in our relationship. It doesn't need to be monetary. Mm-hmm. So focus on bringing value to a conversation and you can look at the people in your group. You know, you're young at the moment, okay? Look at, the, look at your closest friends. Is there anyone in that group that left alone one-on-one with you, 
may kind of bother you, may aggravate you. There's always people that slightly do, but you tolerate them because they're in the group, okay? As you get older, your group actually gets smaller. Don't tolerate, you know? Hey, appreciate your position. We don't share the same things, all the best we have. Cut them off, kill it. Don't waste your energy on people that don't uh, engage and challenge and bring more to your, to your relationships. Mm -hmm. So when you were growing up, did you do a lot of that or is that something that you kind of figured out recently? Yeah, we, I would do it. Look, I grew up in a rough area of London. And again, I thought I was poor and uh, disadvantaged without realizing how wealthy and advantaged I actually was. Um, I didn't tolerate assholes. You know, if, if there was a, a guy that I didn't like, we'd usually end up having a punch up. Um, <laughs> and it was that kind of life. Now, that's not a life I would like to have again. But it taught me very simply to never tolerate those people that I don't want in my life. Mm hmm. So um, it, I've always been that kind of person. Hey, you know, what are you bringing to the table? What are you bringing to my relationships? What are you bringing to my life? You're going to make me smile. Are you going to make me cry? Uh, if you're going to make me cry, I want nothing to do with you. So, you know, it's a very easy basic principle to live by. And you, it, you can't spend, you know, you guys are young, but never waste a fucking second of your life on a mm -hmm. twat. It's just not worth it. Yeah, love it. Yeah, I think you have like a unique ability that like a lot of people like we know like that we should be saying no to some things, but we still succumb to the desire to say yes, especially like in oh, college. Stop it. I know, I know. It's like, <laughs> it's just like, it's like in college, a lot of people will like, even though they don't want to go to a party, like they'll still go to the oh party. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. That just me so the cool. wall. I have so, I haven't been to a single college party because I've been working on that, like doing only the things that I want to do and like not wasting a second. And I Do you know so what's going to happen? Do you know what? what's going to happen? Okay, what? you're going to create your own gravitational pull because you've, there are two guys on this screen and two guys have just admitted that they go to parties they don't want to go to. Well, how I many, haven't. How okay. many of <laughs> yeah. you, how many of you have friends that you think also don't really want to go to those parties? A lot. You may find out that if you, if you opened up I don't know, um, a coffee shop one night and say, look, we've got a choice, boys. There's a party down there. Oh, let's just hang and chat at the coffee shop. You know, you turn up at a coffee shop, you'll be surprised how many people turn up at a coffee shop because a meaningful conversation will top any loudmouth beer stains mm -hmm. forever. So you'll be, I've always, I've always believed that no one that did anything great did it by following anyone. Yeah. So if you suddenly start standing up and going, that's not for me. And there is, I'm glad to see there is a change in society now where we, we're not tolerating things. Now, the millennials, the Gen Zs, Ys, Bs, whatever it freaking is now, <laughs> you know, they always get shit on. Every new generation is going to get shit on as the, as the weirder generation. But the good thing about where you are and your mentality now is even at your age, you're starting to realize that there's peer pressure that you don't want to play in and you're not willing to tolerate certain things. Now it took me, you know, into my thirties to realize that, Hey, I can make a business out of not tolerating things, not settling. Um, you guys have realized it now. So, you know, kudos to you. Well done. Mm -hmm. Just keep trying it. Try something new, stretch yourself and learn to bring your standards up. And standards means not tolerating what doesn't work for you. Mm -hmm. How many, how many things um, do you try to balance at once when you're trying new things? Do you just take on like one new thing at a time? 
Now I'm terrible. We actually had this conversation, and we're actually starting to get close. We've got about another five minutes, so um, you okay with that? Yep, it's fine. Right. Okay. My wife was moaning about this this morning. Um, I, I sadly take on everything. Um, and I, just like Andrew. Yeah, I'm just like that. <laughs> yeah, there, there are people that, you know, double book. I think I travel and quadruple book everything. Um, so I've always got meeting after meeting after call after visit after try this, and I do that so much. I want to, because I don't know if tomorrow's coming. Mm-hmm. Okay, I have no idea if tomorrow's coming. So I want to be on my bike today. I want to be eating good food today. If I take a bite of some food and it's not very good, I won't tolerate it. I'll change it. I'll get it back. If I take a whiskey and the whiskey's not good, I'll send it back. I'll get it. I'm not going to tolerate. I'm not going to waste because I have no idea if tomorrow's coming up. So I overbook and consume as much as I can. And again, because I don't want to be what I was last week, every week I'm growing. I'm trying new things. I'm reading three books at the same time. You know, they say about ADD, but that's just what entrepreneurs are. I agree. We're constantly kind of like, what's going on? Yeah. I think we label too many people nowadays. Yeah. You know, that's one of the problems. We're all looking for labels. Why? Because people don't like what they can't identify. So we Mm -hmm. have to identify it with something. Even if we can't identify a flying thing, we call it a UFO. And that's an identification. (laughs) We have to identify it. We have to tag everything or we get... We get worried and nervous. What is it? I don't know. We've got to put it in. We've got to fucking put it in one little box. What are we going to call it? So that's what all things are. That's what people are. I see. Completely agree. Yeah, I guess the last question to wrap this up would be, like, how do you balance all that with sleep? Because, <laughs> like, after, like, he's like, you um, know, like, I need to cut down sleep to, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, have more in my life. Yeah, because I want to move as fast as possible. And I'm just, like, looking at things to cut out. I'm like, well, sleep's, like, the last option. <laughs> No, sleep, sleep, and um, sleep and exercise are probably the two most important. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you've all heard about going and getting into a flow state, okay? Just because you spend an hour working on something doesn't mean that you've worked on it for an hour. It just means that you've been in the room with the project for an hour. If you were in a flow state, you may have been able to achieve the same thing in 10 minutes, mm-hmm. okay? Oh. So you've got to be at your optimum focus, and what tends to happen, and I've got kids from college as well, and I've been teaching them this, um, you tend to find that you can like, oh, I've spent four hours on that. Well, you spent four hours on it, but did you actually, were you involved in it for four hours or was it merely a time frame? Um, you've got to get the focus. So I work in 20-minute focus states. You know, I'll work 20 minutes on something, and then I will shift my focus to something else. Maybe another project that I'm working on for 20. You can go through an entire hour but work on three projects and you're in on a different one each time because your focus does wane over the time. If you cut down your sleep, you're actually ruining your ability to actually get regenerated and refocused. A good night's sleep, good exercise to get the heart rate up will improve your focus and cut down on the time required to handle a certain project. Mm-hmm. I see. Something I probably needed to hear. <laughs> good. Well, I hope it helps you, pal. All right. Thank you. All right, boys. So, uh, are we good? Yeah, we're, we're good. good. Yeah. We appreciate you taking the time to come on. Yes. It was where, can, uh, where can our viewers find you? So, I'm at uh, Steve D. Sims on Instagram for all of my silly little pictures. <laughs> there's a free on. There's a free Facebook page called An Entrepreneur's Advantage with Steve Sims. Um, I'll go on there, and uh, I'm using a new web camera. I'll go on there and talk about technology that I'm trying. 
and technology that fails for me. I'll talk about anything on there. We have Tech Tuesdays. We have Throwback Thursdays, things that went wrong for all of us that we've, we've learned from. So an entrepreneur's advantage with Steve Sims is probably the best place to get free stuff. Okay. Love it. Yeah. And I'm on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to check that out, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I was feeding a giraffe yesterday. I took, just went to a zoo and decided to feed a giraffe. So that was fun. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. All right, boys. Well, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, you it's too. been a pleasure. Thank you.